I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And welcome to Terminal 7. Episode 32. That's so cool. So cool. We love 32s. I know. They're... Oh man, I'm, I'm going to be 32 this year. That's oh cool. really? Yeah. I should. I'm already 32. Oh jeez, all yeah, right. When's your birthday? Uh, in August. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So we were both born in 83. Yep, we are. We are year of the big boar or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's right. I was on the right side of it. If you were born like January 83, then you're whatever the hell was before. I thought, I thought it was a rat pig. I don't know. Maybe. 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 That that just sounds the coolest. <laughs> rat, that's right. <laughs> um, today, we are here to cap off. So we kind of like potpourri style sprinkled in yep, yep. this discussion of a couple corporate archetypes. We started with, did we lead with... HB and I thought NBN? we loved it with HB because it was a... Yeah, HB yeah. and NBN. And then a couple episodes later, we did Jinteki and Wayland. Yep. Now we're coming back. Coming back! Yep. To talk about all the runner factions. Like, the major... I mean, the idea is, if you didn't catch those episodes or just had forgotten because it's been a while, mm-hmm. is to do, like, kind of a very high-level survey of what some of the really big archetypes are archetypes are for each particular faction not yeah. like go super screaming deep into any of them at least not right now sure um, yeah that might be interesting for a future episode yeah definitely yeah, yeah yeah but more just like a really high level survey of you know this is kind of the stuff that's in the field like what do they do that's similar what do they do it's different like i mean obviously in the game this is i mean you just start going like there are fundamental things as the runner you have to do to win right yeah. like, and, and 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 the landscape never changes so drastically that you aren't still coming at those fundamentals right? exactly yeah. um i mean technically there's like one tiny asterisk where there's maybe one deck archetype who could potentially win the game by milling the corporation completely because that's the two way the runner wins right yeah either the runner gets seven points of agendas or the corporation has to draw a card, and they can't because yeah. they've drawn them all. They're totally out of gas. Yeah. It's like that that second one, very unlikely. Very unlikely. Even but, with one archetype, still pretty unlikely. Yeah, but but man, do people give it their damnedest to try oh, yes. to make those mill decks? Oh yes, they work. But unlike the corporations, where it's kind of like, oh, are you going to have a kill deck with more of like a scoring points backup, or is this like all points? How are you getting your points? Whatever. With the runners, it's generally you just need to get credits. Yep. Get cards. Yep. Get accesses. That's right. That's right. That's it. Yeah. And then, obviously, on the way, make sure you don't lose from damage. So, obviously, to win, you need to not lose. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But basically, that's the things you need to do. You need to get money, get cards, get accesses. So, yeah. That's so, it. so, so you might say that it's a little bit more of a straightforward approach when you're building your your machine. Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, deceptively straightforward because it's often <laughs> yes. It always it, is. It seems like oh, that's just very simple, but actually, like. There are some big decisions you have to make, and the way that each individual faction approaches those three different things mm-hmm. varies quite a lot. Yeah. I and mean, that's that's kind of the defining, well, one of the defining characteristics of what makes those factions interesting. Yeah, and and, and looking at those three 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 topics from a, from a, from from afar, it's great because you can start picking. Well, which one of these things do I like the most, and where's 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 my playstyle going to be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I might mean, as well just start. Begins the beginning. Uh, yeah, go alphabetical. Yeah, well, let's go. Oh, great, good. <laughs> <laughs> the Anarchs. We're, yeah, we're, we're talking about Anarchs, the Reds, yes. the, 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 the Wizards, the Edward Kims, the Valencias. Yeah. So generally, they are, and of course, people who play the game know this. Yeah, definitely. But they're yeah. they're they're very destructive, very chaotic. Like generally, their cards often to have often tend to have very like high risk and reward mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, and in the world of permanence in Netrunner, these guys are the the, the antithesis of that. They can right. actually take cards off the table. Yeah. 
not not like bypass them or or, or derez them or something. They can actually just destroy them flat yes. out, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, so you've obviously played Anarch a lot. Like, what is the econ backbone of the 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 Anarch decks that you've found to be very interesting? Well, I find Anarchs are really are, my favorite part about Anarchs is they can be broke. Like for the majority of the game, they don't need a lot of money right. to actually run. Yeah, um, they can they can actually run with uh, like still core core stuff like uh, code busting, right? They 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 can run with very very little money because everything they have is very cheap. It's often cheap, and it also seems like another big strength is yeah that that actually installing their cards and using their cards is cheap. But also you know if if you parasite all the ice off a server, oh now it costs. Zero credits to run on that server. <laughs> that's right. Okay, yeah. well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the amount of the amount of setup an anarch needs. Like, I, I my I remember some of my favorite games were like we're winning where you're just running Reina, Rona, uh, Reina and a rook yeah. was your rig. Yeah, and, and just, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And that's so it's like, but then again, you can also go like big rig anarch. You can also like you know play all the liberated accounts. You you, you can play these big powerful econ cards. Like Stimhack is is probably the best econ card. Per run, right? Really in the game, yeah. As a one shot, as as, as a one shot, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and similarly, like a lot of their a lot of their draw is also very much in theme, where it's all risky and chaotic, right? Yeah. Something like inject, where yes. it's like you get four cards. Oh, but any if any of them are a program, they just go straight in the bin. Yeah, but you get, you get a little money back, a, a little it. kickback. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for for draw, we have wild side. We're losing yep. clicks. We're, we're we're becoming a three click runner to to draw two extra cards at the beginning right. of the turn, right. which is pretty right. crazy. Um, until I've, you drop I've, adjusted chronotype, and then you're dancing all day, no problem. Yeah. Then then all of a sudden you're just the corporation is in a hard spot because yeah, you're making pancakes and you're going to the club. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, who, who could ask for anything more from life? <laughs> That's all you want. Yeah. <laughs> the next day you wake up in the morning, you're like, man, why isn't there pancakes done? Where's my adjusted chronotype? <laughs> yeah. So, so a bit of setup on that, on, on those kind of things. But the thing is they also don't need that much money. So they're either, I think their economy is kind of built in, in the way that they, that everything's kind of cheaper. Right. I, I, I believe they have the cheapest consoles more or less like, 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 like per, 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 yeah, per, 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 because they not are none of their consoles even three credits. Well, well, uh, Spinal Modem is is four. Oh, that's four, right? Yeah, because you get the two reoccurring, so that pays for itself. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> very, 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 very quickly. Yeah, but again, like there, there, there is a lot of risk uh, running Anarch. Yeah, which, which hell, Spinal Modem is an amazing console. But if he's if they're winning in Mad Traces, you're you're frying your brain for yeah for nothing. Yeah, um, and it seems like, of course, like. The game you have to get accesses to win the game. That's right? right, yeah. But usually, the way that any particular match plays out is like as the corporation is building up their defenses and getting more ice and whatever, those accesses are becoming increasingly expensive. That's right. So you yeah. need to do things to make those accesses either either make them cheaper again. Yep. Which is actually a, a big anarch strength. Definitely. Or make those accesses much more valuable. Yeah. Right. So instead of looking at one card off of the R and D, you're looking at Three or whatever for one access, and and that's where cards like medium and uh, and nerve nerve agent come into play. Exactly, like they 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 start off getting one access, then two access, then three access, and if they're not purged or the corporation doesn't do something soon, uh, those deep digs are just going to win them the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a, a, a variant, but a kind of similar way to get good valuable accesses is keyhole. Right? Yeah, that's so you're right. looking at yeah. three cards instead of one. Um, 
all of the traps don't do anything, mm-hmm. much to my eternal chagrin. <laughs> yeah. um, but of course, you don't actually accessing anything at all. So those cards just go in the bin, and then you actually have to go and grab them at some other point. But usually, that's not that difficult. <laughs> yeah, and 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 as far as like breaking uh, ice, I I'm I believe Anarch's AI AI breakers are probably the strongest in the game. Yeah, almost certainly. Definitely, because we got we have Knight, which Knight is crazy. Knight, yep. Knight's Kaisa. You don't even need to run Deep Red. You don't need to run a console based on ch- the 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 chess breakers. Yeah. To run Knight, because yeah. Knight will just always kick yep. ass. It's yep. just amazing. Yeah. And then we also have Eater, which is, when Eater came out, Eater's of the the four cost two strength. It corrodes everything. Yes. And sure, you don't get to access cards, but as There's we can all see, so many substitution effects, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, you're 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 you're, you're siphoning, you're wanton destructioning, you're keyholing, you're yeah. you're 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 getting in, and just because you're not getting traditional accesses, you're getting a, a, all these opportunities are opening for you. With yeah, the, you're still definitely winning the game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so it seems like at least as compared to some of the corporations, where really it's like if you want to play this archetype, you are doing it with this ID. Right. Um, the binding here is not nearly as intense. Um, again, there's one exception, which is noise, which we'll get to. Sure. But for most of the other IDs, they kind of all play in like a handful of spaces, and then it's just, okay, well, what is the extra stuff that their ID lets them afford, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so right. if you take like, you know, just a good Anarch, like, fundamental type deck, right? Where it's just, you're using the core set, yeah. fixed strength breakers, you know, Corroder, Yogg, Mimic. Yep. And, da- then, da- and data suckers. Yes. So data suckers. Work. Yep. Cause, cause, and cause then something like Net Ready Eyes. Yep. And then you just, like, that's your breaker package. And you can you put that net, put that in anyone, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's just kind of like, okay, well, what's, what's the other stuff you want that to do, right? Because it's like, okay, do you think you're going to be playing in a meta that's going to have a ton of assets? Okay, well, or, or upgrades. Mm-hmm. Wizard's probably your guy. Definitely, yeah. Um, does it seem like there's going to be a lot of fast advance and kill decks? Okay, well, Edward Kim is going to blow up those operations and just make all of your access. Because the, the thing with Edward Kim, especially, is like, are, he basically gets... If you can reliably get into R&D, mm-hmm. you're effectively getting, like, a double access every time, right? Because yeah. either the thing on top is going to be a card you can pay to trash, so you trash it, and then you go again. It's an operation, you trash it, you go again. It's an agenda, you steal it, and, and then, then you can go again. You go again, yeah. Operation, keep going, right? Yeah. The only thing that really, it's like, you see an ice on the top of R&D, and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm hanging out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, and this is the deck that I ran at Regionals. Is a very similar kind of setup, but with Valencia. So you're able to leverage her bad publicity to yep. both turn on blackmail, which gives you, which makes threatening remotes early on super, super easy. And then that just that one little point of bad pub pays humongous dividends when you're using it from the very beginning of the game. Yeah, because right? you're because you're going to be running because you're a runner Correct. and you're getting uh, one and you're going to be trashing cards. Yep. So that yeah that that little that one bad pub can be spent 20 30 times in a in a in a game easily. Yeah. Um so it seems like those are all like just good strong just go to your fundamentals and yep. you'll get accesses through extra accesses through mediums or whatever and then you just kind of get money with like Caddy Jones and Liberated and all that and you just kind of you just do this stuff you're good at. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I also love the the, the core the core set kind of thing, which was the the corroder, yog, mimic, and data suckers. That's for mu. 
Yeah. That's actually, like, we don't even need a console. Yes. <laughs> like, really. Yeah. If, if you have one data sucker out and you get it established and if the corporation doesn't... Look, uh, Solid tip, guys. If the, if if uh, he's got tons of data sucker tokens, he will just win the game. So, let, like, block up all your centrals with something so it's yes. not beneficial for him to run them, and then purge because yes. if he's sitting on like six data sucker tokens, the game is like his. Yeah, yeah. The um, and obviously the ability to have parasites, parasites in yeah. that mix as well. Definitely, right? yeah. That, because the one big downside to Anarch, like as factions, they don't have much tutoring. That's right. Uh, yeah. Pro, sorry. Program tutoring. Yes. Program. Um, yes. They, yeah. So usually it's like data sucker plus parasites plus the one breaker you, you see. Yep. It's like, that's enough to kind of keep you going early game while you're looking for your other breakers to show up. That's later right. On. Yeah. And or the, you're augmenting that with, you know, um, knights AI and stuff. Or yeah, exactly. Knights yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and then it's, you can definitely do a variant with that with max as well um Mm -hmm. you have to be a little bit more conscientious about your recursion obviously right um i mean like clone ships are always great in anarch yeah definitely but inside of max especially like if you happen to just use your mills to lose both of your corroders (laughs) and then the corporation reses a blacklist (laughs) you need to be able to do something about that (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right um so you just have to be a little bit more I mean, you get the huge upside of, like, just insanely fast draw. Yeah. Um, you just have to also back that up with the being mindful of most of your stuff is going to be coming out of your bin, yep. not out of your stack or your grip. So what are you going to do to do that, right? Yeah. Um, Whether you're pulling in deep from green with yeah. three clone chips, which is, hell, that works everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's definitely the case that people have, like, just kind of the, the Anarch Fundamentals decks. People have been doing, like, quite well in competitive events with these. Like, mm-hmm. um, Spags had, like, a wizard deck that did quite well at a couple, yeah. like, the regional here I, lo- I, I love that then, deck. It, and it ran the, uh, I ran, like, a, an Atman as well. Yeah. So it was even pulled in. Supplement it uh, with another. Because, like, once, because you want Daddy Suckers because it's good for Parasites and all your face tricks, Brankers, and everything. But then, also with Atman. Yeah. You know, you're also like at minute two with like a a data sucker or two. That's a you can get it almost anywhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a. It's definitely. It's just. It's still. Even though it's been forever since the core set came out, like that's. It's still like a good, solid bedrock to that's build right. a deck upon. And also, I find that and anarchs are those guys that can just pull accesses out of nowhere, like with cards like David. Like, right. Phew, there we go. My got my curtain wall. Curtain wall curtain wall server or whatever the hell I go. <laughs> you know I mean and with uh, with with cards like David like they can just start busting through yeah all, all of a sudden your big beefy ice is like a, a problem yeah for it, you. it's almost a liability because yes. it's so expensive to risk and I'm like oh, I'm get in for this program I use three credits to install it yeah and then I'm just gonna pawn shop that when that's done so yep. oh man deal with it cool um and then of course there's kind of a variant usually played out of max but could certainly be played out of other folks where you're going all in on the eater setup. That's right. Yep. Right. Where you're just like your breakers are basically eater, and then maybe a couple fem fatals or something. Sure. Yeah. Where you're just like, all right, all my my R and D accesses are gonna come through keyhole. Like I'm gonna have siphon and want destruction. Basically, just go oh, all yeah. in on the replacement effects, and that can also be very vicious. Yeah. Kind of thing where it's like if you get behind 
you definitely stay behind. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, like like Siphon is such a strong hell. Siphon's strong in every yes. archetype, but but I always found Anarch is really 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 dangerous with the, with the Siphon because it's got these built-in eaters. They can get into HQ really easily. Right. Um, you, usually you put the ice in front of your HQ and you do not res it until he's doing something very bad to your HQ. Right. You know, if you, if you can handle a couple of HQ accesses and stuff yeah. without giving up the giving up the the juicy actual ice that's in front of HQ, yeah. then let, definitely keep that there. Yeah. But, but we eater, eater, eater whatever, night, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better you better pray it to Turing, I guess. <laughs> or maybe a, a swordsman with something else behind it because otherwise you're just in hell. Yep. Um... Uh, okay, and then he, so yeah, that that setup can come out of like Valencia or Max. Max is probably the nicest setup for it. Sure, because you're going to um, get the the speed there. It's yeah, completely. exactly. Um, and then there are a couple like very. There are a, f- a handful of like ID specific anarch archetypes. That's right. Yeah. Um, one that's been I don't remember where the name came from, uh, but Headlock Reina. Oh yes, where the idea Reina, is yeah. that you do use Eater. And then you also use just her, the fact that Rezzing Ice, with her ID makes Rezzing Ice more taxing. Yep. And then you use, like, Crescentus and clone ships and that stuff. She's basically just, like, drain the corporation uh, utterly of money. Yeah. And then you just do whatever you want to do. It's very, like, a very criminal kind of approach to... Yeah, it almost is. is, But it's out of of red, and it's mean, and Yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's, like... You can you can deal with it. It's, I mean, obviously, if you have Christian Grid, you're you're happy as a pig and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but even if you don't, uh, there are ways sometimes kind of to deal with it. But it's the sort of thing where it's like that deck probably more than any other I've ever seen like played against is like if you get behind, you're behind forever. Yeah, you're definitely. never getting like you have to stay out in front of it and be able to play well to keep doing that and if you can't you are in a you are in a bad way. Yeah, I remember the actual one when it was first coming out it was actually a Crypsis, which I thought was great. Yeah. It was like the, it was a Crypsis keyhole and and money. <laughs> was basically what the Reina Reina first Reina right. headlock was. And but now that we have Eater, we have such a more efficient way of doing it. You don't need to click for Crypsis. Yeah, exactly. Cuz you you, you know, I mean, often the play is if you have a Crescentus and an Eater out, you run on something, they pay extra to res it. You break it with Eater. You de-res it. De-res it with Crescentus. You go again, it's like, can they afford to pay to res a toll booth twice? <laughs> that The first time, it's two creds more expensive because they got a freaking Xanadu out because yep. of course they do. And the second time, it's only one cred more expensive. So that's what? 19 credits? <laughs> one third? To just res a single toll booth twice? Yep. <laughs> and especially this, again, let me always say it, this is the game where one credit matters and one credit can be the cost yeah. of the game. And with Headlock Reina, that one credit's way, 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 way off in the distance now. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the final Anarch, there is one Anarch ID, of course, Noise. That's right. That does have a very specific play style. Yeah. Obviously, because, I mean, it's, it is interesting that he is kind of the least, not, not least flexible, but has definitely the most kind of deck building direction just like as informed by his idea ability yeah but he was also the corset one yeah so so i think i think that kind of confused some players too. yeah like oh I'm anarch am i always wanting mail or something where do i always want viruses yeah, do like, i always need viruses yeah, or something, I guess. they could be good sure they're all right and um but the, 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 they also have cards that are like like noise like dlr like data leak reversal right that's which which i don't think even works well in a noise deck to be honest i think yeah. it works well in other decks yeah. that are kind of being like noise or going for something else because with noise the corporation is going to be like 
I got to do something with my, my, with my I got to do something with my archives. I got to block it up. I got to do something with my archives. Right. Whereas DLR, DLRs can come out of nowhere. All of a sudden, I'm exploding you with like five mils a turn with Josh B or some kind of crazy thing, and then you're like, right. oh boy. Um, I guess I'll, I guess I'll gain two, kill Josh, and then. Uh, I guess you're just gonna hammer my archives or something like that. But yes. noise, <laughs> you you as a corporation, you you already know he's gonna be messing with you, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess. Well, we'll, we'll cycle back. There is kind of one more anarchy thing. Let's talk about noise first. Sure. Um. But yeah, there, there's kind of like if if there is one archetype that could try to do the win by milling the corporation out victory, right? That's gonna be it's noise. Probably gonna be noise. Yeah. Because it's just. That is the only way you're going to reliably get enough corp discards to thin out their deck enough to have a chance to pull off the win. That that, way, yeah. Right. Um, and of course, yeah, I mean, as is printed on his bloody ID, it's like, the noise you put in a ton of viruses. That's right. Yeah. Um, the Cheap viruses. Is, yeah. yeah. The question is just how many? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because is it, is it going to be all of them? Like, is it really going to be, it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to hit the corporation where I can early on. And then once they get up enough defenses, then you just stop caring and then go into install viruses forever mode. That's right. Cause I, I find like usually when you're getting milled like crazy, you, uh, you kind of panic. You kind of go into this mode of like, oh, I need to protect this and that. But when you realize that like, okay, he has no breakers. He has no ways of getting in. So yeah. let's just start. I put scoring. a wrap around on the archives. It's going to be a long time before he gets yeah. in there. Or maybe <laughs> I'll score out with like an enigma. On my my one enigma on my remote, right, or something like that, right? Like that. A lot, a lot of times, if you realize, like, okay, he's doing this, so I can, I can, I can answer. Which is, I know it's like a tough style of play. Like you want to be put on the aggressive, you want to be winning, and that's maybe why you, how you can switch the game around, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're not going with noise, quite in the all like infinite virus mill version, there's still like a number of ways to be very aggressive. Like you oh, yeah. still use lots of viruses, but you use the synergy off of stuff, especially like hive mind, right? Yeah. Where you like install an incubator early, you let it kind of build up a bit and then you slap down a hive mind, you get all those incubator credits on it and then you can just go crazy because your Darwin will get you into basically anything. Yep. Um, you know, your Gorman drips pay out like nine <laughs> credits. <laughs> uh, your mediums are all effectively doubled. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So you can definitely, like, if, if someone's, like, they've been cooking off, like, they, they got the progenitor hive mind thing, and they're just cooking off an incubator ready to go. The turn where they move those credits over, install Darwin, install Medium, and they just start running on R&D, they'll, for maybe less than 10 credits, they might see, like, 10, 12 cards. Sure, so that's that, that's the turn you do Darwin, Medium, then you do... <laughs> then you do R&D run and then you show off. Correct. And then it's like, <laughs> the game is probably yours. Yes. Really, because you're going to be seeing, you're going to be sandwiching his deck with all these media, crazy media matches. Yeah, so that can definitely... Like, so like, I, I like the idea of like, the power turn. Yeah. The, 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 there's a couple ideas we can get into later that have the, the, the power turn and noise power turns pretty crazy. Yeah, it can be, it can be. So that's kind of an interesting way that like with all your, just you slow the, slow the corporation down a bit early on with just some random mills because like, I mean... Hypothetically, all the all the cards in their deck are good. Yep. So them losing any of them is, is not great. Bad. And sometimes, yeah. if they're really critical ones, that's super bad. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're just kind of slowing them down, being annoying, like you're blowing up some of their eyes with their parasites, like keeping their resources low as you're setting up for that. Like I can get into any of your remotes, and I'm going to be able to see like a dozen cards off your R and D. Yep. And at that point, you're just like, well, I no, game, <laughs> did, did, did I put a cyber decks virus suite in this deck? I sure <laughs> hope I did. <laughs> 
um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, the the one anarch thing that still is that that is an archetype influencing decision is they're probably the only faction, or at least the easiest faction, to go totally tag me with. Yep, and that's it. It was it was kind of an archetype that was used. Feels like more, you know, like six to twelve months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, feels like people are using resources quite a bit more now. Yep. Uh, but there's definitely still like lots of good anarch stuff where you're you you're just either pulling up all your tag you don't you're using tons of siphons and you don't really care about getting tagged because you've got plascretes and i've had worse yep or you're just not playing against a meat damage deck um and you're just like i don't you don't really pack many or any resources or if the resources that you do pack are like disposable like yeah you install a code busing you take six and you don't care if it sits there right right it's, it's not worth it for the corporation to even blow it up yeah yeah, liberated is actually great for that as well. Oh, love liberated! It sits a four. It sits a four. Yeah, install it. Pull pull three of uh, yeah, twelve of the sixteen credits off, and then you're like, do you really want to spend a click and two creds just to blow up? Four? Four. That's almost like better than taking those four credits. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and like, and, but then again, four credits with an anarch is something awesome too. That's also true because they can run so so cheap. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of like the final other like spur of anarch archetypes is like if you're going fully down the the tag me route right yeah um yeah so that's kind of yeah super high level survey of, of what anarchs of the like. reds that's right um keep going alphabetically i guess we gotta go to the c then we got those criminals yeah we got the criminals the, who the... have kind of maybe they used to be the faction yeah well like, andy used to be the faction uh, correct <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yes yeah, because because we're, we're running anarchs we have we have the best events in the game. Very event heavy, right? Yes. Criminals super, super event heavy for sure. Yeah. Um, their credits tend to come from less out of their events. They have some decent resources. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> since it is the 800 pound gorilla, of course, plenty of their money comes from <laughs> just t- stealing, just stealing it from the, from the corporation. With with the the Simon. And, yes. That's um, right. But generally, Almost all, like, the usually their economic backbone is coming from making successful runs. That's right. Like, Stuff like... Got a bank job. Bank job. Yep. You know, their they're best, arguably best, um, at least most general purpose will always be good. Console, Desperado. Yep. Like, that gives you a credit when you make a successful run. You know, security testing, which is a big economic backbone Definitely. of a lot of criminal... Especially deaths. when backed up with Desperado. Yeah, exactly. Then every successful run you make... You get an easy mark. <laughs> yeah, which is unreal. <laughs> yeah, um, so it seems like that is usually the the econ backbone of a criminal deck. Is you know, I mean, everybody is gonna have sure gamble, yep. and maybe some kind of econ resource like Armitage or Caddy Jones or whatever. But the the big thing that comes out of that that is the criminal econ is really making successful runs. Yeah, that's right. Um, generally, they don't have great they have one they have very good um resource tutor at least so they have so they have the ability to tutor connection resources yep and they have lots of good connections and there's lots of good connections in the game in general that's right um so that kind of lets that informs their draw a lot Mm -hmm. um they also have being a connection mr lee yep which is a great draw really good card because it's it lets you kind of keep the stuff you want later but still move through your deck quickly rather than having to throw away the stuff yeah because there's nothing like overdrawing. drawing that second corroder in your deck yeah you really could use something else yeah um especially because the one thing that anarch the, the criminals don't do 
is get cards back out of the heap. Yeah. Basically. That is a thing that they, they have no infractions tool infaction tools for whatsoever. Yep. Um, and are just not, and have to pay expensively to actually make use of that stuff. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that is definitely one of the, so generally their draw is about finding stuff specifically with special order or hostage or express delivery where it's That's like, right, yeah. look at four cards, pick one, shuffle the rest back. Mr. Lee, draw two, put one on the bottom. So it's very much, their draw tends to be about getting specific stuff and like cycling through their deck versus just grabbing all of those cards. Right, yeah. Because, and I think that's interesting. That's kind of like the, the criminal mentality because like, oh wait, we, we'll need this later, but we need this now. Mm-hmm. And Anarch just carves a crater out of their yeah, resources. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then throws the rest away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously they have a lot of very strong tools for HQ accesses. That's right. Legwork, HQ interface. Yeah. Um, tons of, almost all their strongest events trigger off of successful runs. That's on right. Yeah. HQ. A, a, a big, a big economy card that is kind of wearing a weirder mask is inside job. Yes. Like you have to, like, you have, basically you look at inside job, but think about it. Like I spend two credits to bypass ice or whatever, which yeah. is tricky. You can really wreck a remote and stuff like that. Yeah. But the big thing is like, you're spending two credits to not, break a piece of ice correct like a toll and, booth or something. and not having to do all the shit you need to do to get the breaker pay for that breaker install yep. a breaker and then use it yes um like inside job can definitely be a big econ piece for sure yeah um yeah mm-hmm. the um and, and and also we got like um one of the one, one of the strongest icebreakers is probably femme Right, just because of its crazy ability to have a token down and to start bypassing ice for one per sub, which yeah. is really crazy. Because often, like that, is the thing that can cause humongous scoring window type swings, right? Where yep. the, the corp drops like a huge piece, like a toll booth. It's, 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 a, it's always been fem the toll booth. It's yeah, always been always, fem, it's always the, the toll booth. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then kind of uh, much like I mean, it, this kind of cuts across all the runners in general. It's not that there is a single. ID. I mean, again, there's like one faint asterisk, but mostly it's just look at, look at the fundamentals your faction affords and then look for other nice synergies out of your ID versus like take an ID and then this archetype is only going to work for this ID. And that's it. Yeah. Um, Especially within Kronal. So you kind of, I mean, again, there's just kind of a strong fundamentals type deck where this is usually played out of Andromeda just yep. because that and, Andromeda just your your consistency is just automatically there yeah that setup at the beginning of the game so strong. is humongous yeah um and because there's especially in criminal there are lots of cards that pay big dividends if they show up early yep um, and you're getting cards early because you have nine at the beginning <laughs> exactly and you can mulligan into a different nine <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so any so definitely the andromeda affords decks that require i mean her strength is kind of twofold right like it enables some strategies that involve a little bit more setup yeah but then or if you're just doing like a good fundamentals type archetype then you just get there so much faster. That's right, yeah. Um, and either of those cases are very strong, right? Yeah, and if um, it, like, yeah, if, if, if you're trying something like experimentally, Andromeda is still a great pick because yeah. you're going to have those, The definitely you'll be seeing that weird console you put in or strange other cards you got from out of faction right. sooner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like a, a, a f- cr- strong criminal fundamentals deck usually looks like, you know, the best breakers from both 
your faction and other factions. Yeah, so, you you do kind of want to dip because they're yeah, the criminal breakers are not great. No, they are um, they are great killers. They are yeah. great sentry work, but everything else is really kind of lackluster. Exactly. on barriers and code <laughs> gates. That's kind of fishy. It's not yeah. very, very good. So you usually have, but because almost all the rest of your t- of the tools in your faction are very strong, you usually don't have to spend a ton of influence on things. Other than icebreakers, that's right. So zoos, you're probably gonna see a zoo or some zoo or, or blade, Gordian. Gordian blade might maybe okay. a study guide. Yeah, the influence yeah. on it's really high though. Yeah, we're gonna have to see about that. I'm kind of curious to see if study yeah. guide show up. And um, then of course we go. You probably go corroder. Yeah, right. Like oh, for certainly. for your yeah because because we but what I found interesting about the criminals is they is their central only breakers. And like passport is crazy. Yes, like, passport is on paper. Let's ignore remotes for a second. It's like the best decoder in the game. Oh yeah. And then so that 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 enigma or whatever they're using to protect their central servers, like it's gonna be a passport. So not so not a yeah. problem. Yeah. And because criminals have so many other tools for like one shot accesses on other servers, yep. things like inside job, grappling hook, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that you can probably at least you wouldn't if you're gonna do it for all three icebreaker types, like go the central only route, then you really need to build the rest of your deck around how the hell am I going to get remote accesses? Yep. But you can probably pick one breaker type. And since you have the best killers, really, it's like you could go code gates or I think barriers. Yep. Um, I'd just be like, okay, I'm going to do that central only. And then that's I'll just true, use all my true. other stuff to get into remote to have that one ice type. Yeah. And I'll be fine. And, I, and you can save some, you know, some influence to then use something else. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, like, so generally a good, strong criminal fundamentals deck is you just get the best breakers that you can basically scrounge up. Yep. And then you focus on that making successful runs to leverage your Desperado security testing setup, dirty laundries, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you land siphons when you need them just to keep the corporation on the back foot. Because the other big, like, the whole criminals getting money from successful runs thing is is like it's especially dangerous because it's tricky twofold, right? It's like one, criminals have a ton of abilities that leverage make successful runs, but if the corporation wants to attempt to turn off those successful runs, they need to spend their own resources to install ice and then res that ice. That's ice that's not going on other servers that's going to keep them from losing the game or scoring. So like every time you're playing as a criminal, you have to spend like four or five credits to res a decent piece of ice on the archives just so they don't security testing it yep. every single turn. Yep. Oh, that sucks. Yep. And that's a big hit, like, not just for... It's not just that the criminals are getting resources from those successful runs that they are, but they are also forcing the corporation to expend resources to keep them from getting those those successful run uh, ability triggers. That's right, yeah. And and, and uh, the the keyhole of, 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 of Criminal, of course, is the core set Sneak Door Beta. Yes. Which is the uh, forecast 2MU, but you go get into the archives, all of a sudden, poof, I'm technically in HQ, which uh, when it started, Gabriel Santiago, oh, yeah. who can hammer the hell out of your HQ and get tons of money, all of a sudden has this other avenue in. Right. And he still counts as successful runs on HQ. So yeah. it turns on all money. your other, and it does the same kind of thing, right? Where it's like, okay, well now the corporation has to spend a bunch of money and ice and they don't have an infinite amount of ice. No. So a bunch more ice to yep. then, because to, to protect the archives from that sneak door thing. Because usually, at least when I have a criminal deck that uses sneak door beta, you don't leave it installed for the entire game. No, no. You're it's... like, you're making HQ runs, they shore up HQ, you finally drop the sneak door, 
you get in through the archives a bunch. They finally shore that up, and you're like, okay, well, now I'll get rid of Sneak Door and just put in my breakers and keep going. But the whole time, you've been keeping the corporation on the back foot. Yep. And they're not really building out their remotes. They're having to use money that they can't then have to do fast advanced stuff. Yep. It's just all about, yeah, just keeping the corporation on the back foot as long as possible as you're getting ready to go. Because once you're in a good position to keep making successful runs, then you're just almost unstoppable. That's right, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and the other stuff out of, you know, a good criminal fundamentals type archetype is just good multi-accesses, your leg works, you may splash for a maker's eye. R&D-A interface. R&D interface, medium, all of those things are good. Yep. Um, and then you just have plenty of econ denial, so your emergency shutdowns. Whenever the corporation does bring up some big ice, you just install your sneak. Th- that's 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 the turn you love, right? Yeah. <laughs> you run you run on HQ. They're like, oh, fine. There is a toll booth. You drop sneak door. You run sneak door. You shut down the you toll shut, booth. And you shut down the toll booth. <laughs> the worst. And there's like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awful. Yeah. Um. And so you can you can kind of use that fundamental that anarch fund uh, criminal fundamentals mm-hmm. deck out of like. Obviously, Andromeda is great just yep. because you get that set up so quickly. Gabe you know, works fine there too. Gabe works fine there too. Um, Leela can even be also yeah. plenty strong with that same fundamental setup. Like really, any of any of those IDs are all perfectly serviceable just to build like strong fundamentals type deck and yeah. just go. And you want to talk about putting the corp on the back foot? Leela is just unbelievable. Oh yeah. In in, in, in some cases. Playing against a, a, a corporation and score, getting a bunch of scores pretty early, the corp can't recover from losing that many installs. Right. They just can't. Like, yeah. Leela's six, six friggin' turns ahead right. of, of, of the corporation. And they're yeah. just like, I, got, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, and then slightly more specifically, there are a handful of other slightly more ID-specific variants on that. Um, right. For a while, you played and really enjoyed a connections-focused deck out of Andromeda. Out of Andromeda, yeah. And and I believe that um, the old guy... My, why can't I remember his name? Nordrunner? What? No, no, no. no, no oh, sorry. Ian Sterling. Sorry, Ian Sterling, yes. Yeah. Um, Ian Sterling... Is I have it, no idea if Nordrunner is old or not. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I assume he is Hardy and Hale. Yeah. Spring Chicken. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, anyway, yeah, Ian Sterling. Um, yeah, yeah. Ian, Ian Sterling can run a, a, a connections deck too, but yep. Andy can kind of set that up way faster. Right. Uh, yeah, because it's the same kind of thing where you just get... I mean, because another big uh, criminal card that plays huge dividends if you get it early is the supplier. Oh, man. The supplier just off the... It, it counts as a connection, so we're going to be getting the connection... Calling in favors. Calling in favors bonus off it. And you can just put anything on there and you're saving so much money by yeah. mid-game that it's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, because the big savings, I think we may have mentioned this briefly before, is that it's not just that it saves two credits, which is nice, but it means you didn't have to do anything to earn those two credits in the first place. That's right. Which is huge. So you can you can, you can can be dead flat broke and still install Caddy Jones, no problem. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that, Another connection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is humongous. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what was the idea with that setup? Well, from what I, from what I remember, it was uh, you basically had a lot of like like a ton of connections. This was even pre-supplier, I believe. And this is oh really? Yeah, I th- oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was because this was the this this is the data folding underground contacts okay. engine, right? So data folding, you need enough mu spare mu mm-hmm. for the for the drip econ ones. Underground contacts, if you have two link, which is pretty easy to get in a con- connections deck. Right. You actually 
Um, I believe this one ran... I think this was based off Nordrunner's deck, to be honest. Yeah, it was, because this one ran one uh, helpful AI, because it's, ah. it's a hostageable link. Right. So you can get your link out with the helpful AI. Now, all of a sudden, we have two link. Now, all of our underground contacts fire off. Mm. We can hostage them, we can cycle them, we get them quickly. Then pretty soon... Before your turn even starts, you're gaining four to five credits off this data folding off these underground contacts, um, and the corporation can't keep up with that. Right. Right. So 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 once all that's out there, then we can call in favors, one for like gain, net gain of six or something. Right. You actually drop decoys. Decoys are always helpful because they're super cheap. And, and we can even- unique. And what? They're not unique. They're not unique. That's right. We can have a lot of like, old, old middle-aged women in curlers. <laughs> like, and <laughs> then, the heat. And then, and then we have like one Aesop's pawn shop, which is even better because oh, all of a sudden my decoys, I can fire them off for money. It was a really, really oh. flexible. There's, there's so much stuff out on the right. uh, board. That's for sure. But uh, it was, it, it, it was a pretty fun deck. It was nice. a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's yeah. So I think there's also a variant of that that is with Ian Sterling. That's of right. Course. Um. So it seems like that deck, like the heavy connections, like lots of drip econ, yeah, but yeah. also big calling in favors type thing. It works, the the way it works out of Andromeda is you just get the setup really fast. That's right, that's and right. And if you want to make it work out of Ian Sterling, then it can also work. You just need some way to slow down the corporation because you don't get Andromeda super fast setup. That's, that's right, but you get his pension drip. Or, right, <laughs> I, I believe I was playing with I was playing with Steven at, at the regionals, and yeah. he's like pension, pension. I was like, oh, that's so great. That's oh, good. Totally, what's going on? Good. <laughs> um, yeah, that like you with with Ian, you just want to do stuff to kind of slow down the corporation. So using the source, yeah, or other related type things, just to keep the corporation a little bit slowed down until you can get set up and then like let them score an agenda maybe to turn on your ability and then you just go 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 yeah um both of those setups i think are are interesting for sure and again i mean it's still kind of fundamentals where it's like you're getting your good breakers you're making those successful runs yep. it's just you start out a little bit slower to get clickless money yeah later but, on but yeah and then but then like later on the game is like just you have it on lockdown because you you're making yeah. like eight credits of Friggin' turn right and, and and that's before you're clicking even yeah which is crazy yeah um there's another and this one would you could probably do it in a number of different criminal ids but it feels like it would be hard to do it well outside of andromeda which is uh go all in on a stealth deck right so right. an andromeda stealth deck is obviously an archetype that people have been playing quite a bit recently mm -hmm. um it's good because again because andromeda has so much of that set up so quickly that you can leverage the amazing killer criminals have. Oh, yeah. Switchblade. Switchblade is which a is, monster. Yeah, so two stealth credits, and then almost any century in the game... <laughs> is there one that it doesn't gone. work on? Janus. Janus, You okay. need three stealth credits. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, heavens. Yeah. How will you ever find a third stealth credit? Yeah. So um, we have stuff like Ghost Runner, we have Silencer, we yeah. have... We have a ton of set, but you need you need two silencers or something to make your switchblades un unstoppable. So right. the crazy nine card draw at the beginning of Andromeda, you're going to be that getting to all your stealth so much. Exactly, and then you kind of spend you again. You just spend your influence on the other things you need for setup on that. So like refractors and cloaks. Yep, and then you just you otherwise. Need, you are, you, are you are you black catting? Like what do you are you are you doing full full? Usually, stealth I think in general with stealth, it's not a good idea to go. In on all three? No, yeah, because you want like, something, some stability. Exactly, those like stealth credits are precious. Like that's why they're so freaking good. But if all three of your breakers are utilizing those stealth credits, you're gonna run out. You're gonna gas. Period. Yep, so right. it's usually like 
go in with two, yep. especially if you have cloak, because cloak works on any of them. That's right. So, like, grab two, and then the third one should just be, like, a normal, strong one. And just because Corroder is so freaking good... And just go Corroder. It's pretty yep. hard to make the case that you shouldn't just go Stealth Killer, Stealth Decoder, and then... Yeah. Good old normal... <laughs> Corroder. Classic Corroder, yeah. yep. Um, and then, oh, but otherwise, it's still like the same focus on fundamentals type deck, right? Yep. Where it's get successful accesses, especially with stealth, because you're paying, usually right. paying for those accesses with reoccurring credits. Yeah. Those successful run triggers are even are, more profitable. Yeah, they're, they're like basically free. And free money. And your Desperado's firing. Yep. And, well, yeah, unreal. Yeah, it's it's kind of nuts. Yeah, des- yeah, des- yeah, oh my God, I can't even think of that. <laughs> I, I, I do remember at them, I, I, forget, I forget the name, but they had a, man, they had a crazy stealth deck. Uh, once once set up and it was like they couldn't even get through this like six ice server and half it was next ice it was super beefed he just like it just melted through it with, with for nothing because it's all man stuff. nice um and then there are there's one other uh, setup that again it's like could work out of any ID criminal ID but it works best out of a particular one is going um uh, there isn't really a clever name for it. It's just basically Leela with logos, right? Yep. Where yeah. Where instead the, of the the ins- like power turn Leela, yeah, I think the, the huge the huge swing the oh, haymaker Leela or yeah, something. Yeah, haymaker. I like haymaker Leela because um, she's like a boxer, right? She's got the yeah, exactly. kinetic looking kinetic fist. punching. Yeah, gloves on gloves. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a thing where it's like technically it can work out of any of the IDs really, but with Leela, it's just so good because as soon as you get Logos out, whenever the corporation scores, you get to use her ability to pull a card off the board and grab the thing you want with Logos. So yeah. with that, it's all about basically exploiting those openings. Those right? moments, yeah, um, yeah. And it, it is a little bit less... I mean, it's a little bit less kind of the fundamental criminal play where you're not focusing on getting to a point where you can make successful runs every single turn. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to be set up to make successful runs, but you're not trying to actually make those runs every turn necessarily. It's more like you're getting all your breakers out and you're getting set up with logos so that as soon as a thing happens, you can exploit it and then just keep... Get basically put the corporation behind. And yeah, you just, just you just keep bury your them. Boot on their face <laughs> forever. You just bury them because like I, I, super classic play is so you it fires if you bounce back the that R and D ice. You you grab your indexing or whatever yeah. your crazy power event. You you hit H. You sorry you hit that open R and D with indexing. Yep. And then you're grabbing more scores and you're bouncing back more things. Yeah, exactly. So all of a sudden the game is you have four points. The corp has like zero or yeah. or, or two they have or one. They have yes. Yeah, they have, they have they have one, and they've lost f- three installs. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's it's unreal. Yeah, so that's definitely the thing where it's like is a little bit more. It's basically waiting for your moment and then exploiting that moment very very specifically. And that is actually a play style that I enjoy a ton. Right. Well, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think I think you almost get a bit of the power turnage from uh, Valencia as well, but just not not to the degree of Leela's. Cutting Crazy. a swath through yeah. through the corp. Yeah, that is definitely, and it, it lets like because of logos, um, and some of the other like specific tutoring the criminals have. That setup, that archetype, lets you be a little bit more like grab some one offs. Yeah, that definitely. can still be huge. Like it's I don't remember it was some someone I think in the south and the US, but I don't remember who had their had a Lila logos deck and their breaker their barrier breakers 
were one Corroder and one Morningstar. Nice. Oh, Because wow. against plenty of corporations, you will never see a barrier above strength five. That's right. Guaranteed. You, you, They just do not. You can have full confidence that they do not have one of those in their deck. In which case, Morningstar is huge <laughs> rex it's every every barrier is going to cost you one. one credit one credit yeah and eight credits install your criminal whatever you can, yeah. you can pay that now no problem <laughs> and because of if you see that setup okay well you can just grab morningstar with special order or you can grab it with your logos or whatever and it just gives you a little bit more flexibility to have like not not quite silver bullets but like very specific cards that are useful only in certain situations, but in those situations, they're huge. It's like Silver Buckshot. It's like, yeah, man. sure. <laughs> silver Buckshot. Yeah, really, really, really cool deck. And and, and it's fun because, again, like you want to, if it takes time to set up, Leela kind of changes from early game, it puts them back in an early game in like a mid game situation yeah. or something like that. So, like, that gives you this stupid window of while I'm playing catch up and trying to install what you've bounced back, you've just. You're, you're just set up now. Like, yeah. Okay, now, now I'm set up, and you're 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 pathetic with your four installs of ice. I'm just gonna destroy you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, we 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 talk about their. I think they have the second most expensive console, which is an interesting console, which is the Blackguard. Oh, good old Blackguard. Good old Blackguard. And I I used to play Blackguard Andy deck way back. It was a while back. But nice. You you run with Snitch, of course. Yes. Snitch Snitch is a really interesting card too. Cor- uh, criminals have the best like scouting mechanics i think with yes. recon and with snitch you can yeah. peek and see and that is a huge amount of power if when, when you know how to use it when mm-hmm. you know that they can't res that ice for sure and yeah. they can only res that ice uh with blackguard you, they're resing on your own terms yeah if you're shutting them down after that and reforcing the res they're just they're just kind of miserable yeah. you're, yeah. you're you're kind of playing both sides at that point right <laughs> <laughs> yeah the um the crazy blackguard like exposed heavy thing it's, it seems like it's an, an archetype that people haven't quite figured out right. how to make it like totally sing yet. Yeah. Um. But I could certainly imagine a future where there's a setup with that. Yeah. That someone cracks it or like a handful more cards that come out that really support that nicely and then it can just be nuts. Yeah, for um, sure. But Silhouette does afford a few other interesting things. That's right. Like there's a deck that I think people are playing less but it's still interesting where you do... Again, this was like... This was big right after the Criminal Jinteki... Honor and Profit expansion right, yeah. came out where you just go, you just use Central Breakers yep. only and then Quest Complete and Notoriety. Plus your other, yeah, and Notoriety and then your other criminal shenanigans again to remotes. Yep. And that's it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was, I think it was like a sh- uh, the Chicago one yeah. took off really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it was a while ago and it seems like enough stuff has come out that that's it can't really work. It's because, not quite as performant. Yeah. But, especially if you know you're playing against Chicago Silhouette, you can, yes. you can, you can play against Chicago Silhouette. Yeah. But it's still interesting and I can can imagine someone like building something that's kind of like that but not quite as hyper-focused as that. That would still be quite cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, and we we can't really get into this much yet because no one knows for sure, but there's a new criminal coming very soon. Yeah, that's generating a lot of um, hype. Yeah. A lot lot of people are really curious on Oh, what happens with this and this and this on this new criminal idea? Yeah, which of Ar- course is Armand Geist. Geist, yeah, Walker, um, who gets to draw cards whenever uh, a trash ability is used, and he's got one link. So obviously that fits in very nicely with the cloud criminal breakers. Yep, Shiv, Crowbar, and whatever the third one Can is. Can opener. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Um, that 
it seems like there could be a, uh, an archetype there that's very different from the other criminals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but is also interesting. Yeah. Um, I, it's again, the, the, like that, that the underway is not quite out yet. So we're not totally sure exactly how it will play out, Sure, but, but it seems like it has the opportunity to be very interesting. Yeah. Cause, cause the, uh, people are doing a quick, a quick comparison with like compared to, um, Exile, right. who, who only really fires off five, maybe six cards, right. but Geist has a lot of cards that people weren't even. I, th- I think that's why it's so cool because people like, Geist fires off a lot of cards of an ability everyone was like thought was just like dead. Like it was just yeah. a right. Well, well, you trash it and it does this, but no, you trash it, it does this, and it does this guy's ID. Yeah, I think that's why he's a uh, he's pretty. Yeah, interesting. it'll be interesting to see. It feels like that is a, a place where a very ID specific criminal archetype might come into existence. That's it could right. be really cool. And again, he's still not out yet, I believe, but. Fisk. Laramie Fisk. Laramie Fisk. Could also probably have a very similar setup. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of like HQ bloat. Yeah. Deck. I don't know. It's uh Yeah. So it'll be, I mean, it seems like he'll probably still, to some extent, still want to do like a solid criminal foundation. Yeah. Like it feels like he'll be less super specific yeah. in terms of his setup. Than He's like Geist more flexible. Yeah. But it feels like he'll still be like, if Geist is like 90 degrees off of a normal criminal setup, it feels like Laramie Fisk will be like 45 degrees yeah, off, definitely. right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. So it'll be, when eventually he rolls out, that'll be really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But now there'll probably be a few more like really specific tricks and criminal yeah, IDs. Um, yeah. That'll be really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. And finally. Yep, let's 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 go green. Big green. The big green machine. Shapers. Shapers, that's right. I mean, of course, we can't help <laughs> but lead with Miss... Kate McCaffrey. That's right. Kate McCaffrey, who's been the sh- the go-to shaper since core. The core set. Well, the, well, she's the only one. Her stuff is really good. <laughs> yep. And that and that again, it's like it's like uh, that it's like the one the one credit blackmail of Valencia. This is the one credit save install per turn, which right. is very important. Yeah. Because when it started, when shapers could all of a sudden when uh, creation control came out, and all of a sudden shapers can install stuff and do things on the corporation's turn that's another saving that's yeah. firing off her, her yeah well it ability. seems like yeah so again in the get credits get card get accesses setup like yeah shapers definitely are their credit engines tend to like their their stuff tends to be very credit hungry yeah right like it, it is hard for them to run without much money yep doing all their stuff requires a decent amount of credits so they usually gotta their wallets gotta be more full and their wallets need to be full pretty consistently. That's right, yeah. Um, well, like a criminal, like, may spend some money, but they made a successful run, so they'll get most of those credits back. With Shapers, it, Shap- it all... The money them. goes away. It goes away, it stays right. gone. That's right, that's right. That's why that's they got cards like Magnum Opus. Of course, where it's right. just like, okay, well, that that can be your solution to credit. You can be like, yeah, the, you're like modded, sure gamble, <laughs> Magnum Opus. Those are my econ cards. Probably all you need. Yeah, like and and, and they're, they're like st- it's like stable economy. Yes. Right. If if I'm a criminal sitting on three bank jobs and you have one remote, I'm in. It's it's kind of crummy, right? Yeah. Like, I I can't I can't use my. Uh, it's like too risk. It's like it's like a risk. Whereas yeah. I find shaper stuff is pretty stable, but yes. it's it it's like a five install five cost install on that magnum opus. Right. It's pretty <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um. And then obviously another big thing that people have been doing recently is going super into the econ events yep and then leveraging uh, other prepaid prepaid voice pad to make those events really profitable oh yeah because pre like two or like one or two uh prepaids out all of a sudden your sure gambles are the craziest yeah these 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 econ cards shouldn't have been printed or like or like (laughs) or like your lucky finds one one for nine it's just ridiculous Yeah. yeah 
Um, so in general, like shapers need a way to get a lot of credits for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, or potentially they also can find a way to not need those credits if they're going like a stealth route. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then card draw the, of all the factions, they have, oh, they the, have the best card the draw, card draw sure. Um, partially probably because they're so money hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you can, you obviously, you have your great card draw events. We like have, your, we have, we have diesels, we have quality, quality time. times. Yeah. Um, professional contacts. That's right. Humongous. Um, and I love I love it because when professional contracts when Proco first came out it was like meh but no way yeah the card is the card is so good the card yes. is so good um, another one of those things where it's like if you get it early it pays humongous dividends that's right yeah um, and then they have a ton of tutoring as well mm -hmm. for, for program well program and hardware tutoring now so but yeah trading yeah yeah they between their heavy draw and their big tutors. They can get what they need for sure. Yeah, and, and they just need the credits to actually leverage that stuff they can get. That's right. And when, like, when a run, when a runner has, well, sorry, when, when when a shaper has, like, a self mod code out, and a clone chip out, and just and like sitting on thirteen and, credits, you, you you don't know what to do. Yeah, it's, it's like it's so frustrating because they just kind of get in, yep. they get in mid run, and you're like. You're supposed to set up, then run, then no, yeah. no, no, you're breaking all the rules, Shaper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yes, and so their access is obviously, they're super focused on R&D. Yep. That's where usually most Shaper wins are going to come from being able to get into basically any remote. Yep. And then while the corporations try to figure out how to deal with that, they steal the actual agendas out of R&D. Yep. And I talk about explosive R&D accesses we got, like... We, 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 we do have the R&D interface, but we also have Maker's Eye, which is like a, a core staple, which I love when Maker's Eye's popped in other factions too. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of an interesting card, but yeah, like really big, really deep R&D accesses. Yeah. So it seems like the, the fundamental like shaper setup is basically get your econs sorted and then you're just using your crazy tutoring to install your breakers when you need them. And then you just... Keep making runs. Yeah, would would you ever do you, have you ever seen shapers dip out of their uh, setup for econ? Because they're they're, they're either econ's like it's like stable, but it's like Magnum Opus is really hungry. It's a two MU program. Yeah, it's like yeah. So it's and then as far as their breakers go, they can pretty much live on their own. Yeah. Except maybe killers because their 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 sentry right. killers are a bit lacking. Yeah, that's why we had um fairy rush CT was yes. a thing for a that while, was thing which was a lot while. of fun. Yep. Um, but yeah, so in the light of those things, yep. obviously kind of the one archetype that encompasses yep. all of those things very well <laughs> is prepaid Kate. Yeah, so prepaid Kate, which, which has been doing super well yep. professionally, like, uh, professionally, I think like in, on the tournament scene and yep. also on the just, just casual scene. It's yep. great. It's always there. Yeah. It, because again, it does all those fundamental things really well and it, it, it is very adaptable as well. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, you know, criminals can get into trouble if they're not able to keep making those successful runs. Right? Yeah. Like if, if they're the blocked out. Yeah. If the corp has a bunch of cheap two res ETR ice that like next ice, for example, is like yeah. criminals bane. Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, because it just, it keeps getting better. The more of it, it's res. Our cortex and, lock is a pain. Yes. <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass. And if they're not able to make those successful runs, then a lot of their economic option, options are turned off. Mm -hmm. But with prepaid Kate, especially it's just like, Oh, you're just getting prepaid voice pads and then playing good econ events that show up out of your deck that you drew with professional contacts. Yeah. 
that works well regardless of who you're playing that's against. right yeah regardless of who you're who, who which, which which green runner you are yeah even i know prepaid like prepaid will work out of uh prepaid works really really well with with kate of course because of the because of the, the discount the discount yeah but you can fire it in anything and it's going to be a pretty good engine yeah but that that fundamental setup mm-hmm. is super strong out of kate yep um but there are also probably some some variants that get it that get it what they want to do in slightly different ways, but still do the same thing. Like there was an exile deck that someone I forget who down in Seattle had that the way they addressed the econ thing was oh, was this like the pawn engine? Yeah, yeah. Not no. Oh, oh I mean that was the crazy super janky <laughs> one for a okay, while back. Okay. I was like, but how did he get that? slightly more contemporarily? Yep. It was almost actually like the econ package that Noise often uses. Oh, really? Where you have cash. And Aesop's Pawn Shop and a bunch of cheap to install programs. And so with Exile, you can, you know, install cash. Yep. Get the money off it, Aesop it, and then scavenge it or trash it and then clone chip it or whatever. And then you're getting card draw from his ID ability as well. Okay, cool. So it's the kind of thing where it's like you, it, it's saw it basically what, what prepaid Kate does by leveraging the voice pads, he was able to do by leveraging cheap to install programs that could keep getting in ASOPed and then reinstalled to keep getting more money and card draw. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was the kind of thing where it's like, oh, Excel's not that great. And someone's like, you know, this is actually pretty solid. You have to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that is actually pretty solid. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, and there was a deck that I ran for a little while that I actually really enjoyed as well that was Kate with the supplier. Oh, yeah. And then you use... Again, because she has one link. So you almost do that Andy Connections style yep, setup. Where the, have, slow drip. Yeah, yep. where you have data folding and underworld contacts, and then you just... But with the supplier and Kate's ID ability... You're saving three. Yo. You are installing R&D interface... For one, one credits. One you credit. are installing Dyson Memchips for free. Yeah, that's unreal. So it was a, it was also a good setup that... Again, got dealt with the econ thing a slightly different way, but yeah. otherwise the rest of it was largely similar. Yeah, I, um, I think I think it's I think it's interesting. I'm cutting it down to these three areas because then when newer players are going to be building, it's a lot less daunting. Just exactly. be like, is my econ? Do I have an econ engine? And a lot of new players they don't have that, and yeah. they 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 lose and they get frustrated because like, well, I'm so broke. It's like, well, that's you didn't address these econ problems at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there are some slightly more specific set. I mean, there's one, okay, there's one ID that is his whole own thing. We'll get to in a second. <laughs> right. Oh, um, man, oh, man. But the other ones, again, it's like tweaking those fundamentals a little bit. So yep. with, with Real Kit Peddler, for example. Yep. Um, like you can either get it the econ thing. Like, so the, the thing that Kit enables, like, with all the shapers, because even prepaid Kate, like, it still takes a bit of setup because you can't either, you know, keep forcing the corporation on the back foot, like you can with Anarch, by, like, forcing them to res ice and then parasiting it, so then they have to install more ice and get more money to res that ice or whatever. And then with criminals, it's just, okay, well, early on, you can just keep making those successful runs and just keep snowballing that. Even the fast shapers tend to require a bit more setup. Yep. Um, but the thing that Kit does is that you can actually be super aggressive early because you only need one breaker. That's right. For any one ice server, you only need one breaker. And even when it's double iced, they still have to res the outermost one. Yep. Or the innermost one is still just a kill gate and just keep going. So you yep. can definitely force the corporation to just keep having to res ice while you're getting the rest of your setup sorted. Yeah. But 
to deal with the economic woes there still because you're being aggressive early. You're not doing your setup early. So then your question is like, okay, well, am I going to be, it seems like either you're cheating out really good programs with stuff like, you know, test run scavenge or stim hack yep. for a torch. Yep. Or you're going the stealth route where when you're going stealth, then you're almost never actually paying your own credits to make successful runs because refractor is just <laughs> so goddamn good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the dude who came in, uh, his name is Seamus. I forget his last name. Uh, fourth at the UK nationals had a kit deck that was totally this where it's like use refractor to make your early runs extremely cheap that you're never paying your own credits for. Wow. So you can keep hoarding your own credits for then your setup later, right? Your, your end game. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. It was a good setup. Um, and then it feels like you could do kind of a similar thing with Haley Kaplan where you're using her click efficiency to just, to, you can be a little bit, you, 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 you're, there's less dependency on getting all the right setup stuff and then having the time to install whatever because you're installing so much stuff so fast. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're, you, you, you've accelerated your early game in, yeah. into mid right, right, right there. Yeah. Um, and both of those things are interesting and cool. It's just, it's tweaking again, the, just that kind of fundamental shaper setup a little bit. That's right, yeah. Um, but then right out of left field, the, the weirdest green runner. Oh, yeah. Nasir. <laughs> Nasir. Now, this, honestly, I would say maybe more than any other runner ID, period. Sure. I'd agree with that. Is <laughs> his own archetype, and you have to do it completely uniquely Nasir. Yeah, you 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 can't plug Nasir into the decks we just talked about. No. Fundamental. No, you can't, no. because that just won't. You will be sad and, and lose. It won't make any sense. Um, because he addresses the... The how game I, as how, a whole. Yeah, the yeah. game is a completely different way because how do you get money? By the corporation raising ice. Right. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and the biggest econ swing, he's like the swingiest econ. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, he's like flat broke into full horde, like tons of money, then back down to nothing. It's, yeah, so you need, you need, need, need ways to spend your money instantly. mid-run yep. before you lose it, raising a new piece of ice, etc. So... I mean, we talked in, about Nasir a bit when he came out. Yep. Um, and I think it's still a super interesting archetype, but it is definitely like its whole own thing for sure. Yeah. Um, and then kind of similarly, I mean, less totally goofily, but uh, there's a couple very interesting Chaos Theory decks that leverage her extra MU and her much slower, much lower, well, I mean, relatively much lower 40 card yep. deck size to do some kind of goofy things. Yeah. So at our regional, you ran the Arvois yeah, yeah. snitch side. Yeah, the Arvois snitch, which is you pull it all out of blue, and uh, you basically need a clone chip and a self mod code just to get your three Arvois out. Right. And then once your snitch is out, you're you're snitching three times for nine credits. Right. It's just kind of like an, a crazy engine that there's not much you can really do against. Yeah. So that's how you address the econ problem by just. Getting a hideous amount of money really fast. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes, and um, thank you, thank you, Noah, for telling me that uh, the guy who came up with CT Orva was Nick, and it happened during a local league session where each person was assigned a different identity, and they'd come up with a new deck idea with it. So thank you, oh, Nick. Oh, that's actually a really cool exercise that's too. That's right. Yeah, thank you, Nick, out of Seattle for making a fun, a fun as hell yeah. deck, the CT Orva, and yeah. I, I believe um. Another guy was running it at our, one of our Subis tournaments as nice. well. Like we were both running the CT Orvos. So nice, it was really funny. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, and then there is uh, another thing which was, I think, decently popular during last year's world, which was using Chaos Theory 
uh, personal workshop and stim hack. Oh, I love I love stim shock CT. It's yeah, because it so... affords the same kind of thing where you can get a ton of money and then have something really good to spend it on really quickly. Um, and like taking one point of brain damage. Oh man, take you're three. Fine. You're fine. You're, and <laughs> take three. <laughs> and also the, the the I love I love the play of uh, if you really gotta get if you really gotta win fast. It's like self mod code stim hack. Let's see how this works out. Yes, <laughs> it's like so much. It's like so fun. Yeah. So that that again addresses the econ thing by just being like, well, I'm just gonna play this really powerful econ event, and then always have something to spend those credits on. Those instant credits, because yeah. when you like you you, they, you think they're pulling some sneaky shenanigans, and you stim hack uh, like out of anarchy, stim hack some server, and it's just like a pop up window with like some some melange or some bullshit behind it, and you're just like, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess. Yeah, and then, then your 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 interesting econ is solved by three really powerful stim hacks and that's three influence because they're one influence. Yeah, they're all one which influence, is, which is cool. Yeah. Um so there's definitely a lot and with 5MU, you could also basically just go like stim hack, sure gamble, magnum opus. Yeah. You're good. And you have and you have a lot of yeah, and you still have you still have three more MU for your for your base breakers. for your base breakers. Exactly. Yeah. Um that it, that also is you could maybe do it out of anybody. Um, probably Haley might be the best secondary sure. person. I mean, you want to tweak it a little bit, but because, again, you can get that install. The The interesting thing that Haley can do is if you have, like, a, a personal workshop stim hack set up, you pay, like, one of your stim hack credits to install something off of the workshop, but then you can install something else from your grip using the rest of those stim hack credits. So it doesn't even have to be something... Yeah off that was already on a workshop it could just yeah. be something that was in your grip right yeah um so that can be an interesting setup as well that's right because there's nothing like having like that that sweet setup in it's already on your workshop and then you just stim through and the guy all of a sudden he's facing two r d interfaces and the breaker to, to, to get through it yeah it's super super cool yeah exactly um yeah i think that again that's a very it's yeah, high, high, high level, level very high level high, yeah for sure um but i think especially for someone who like has maybe only been like really focusing on one faction for a while, kind of knowing what the other options and the other factions are. There's, it's it's worth it's worthwhile to spend time I, like I dipping so. into each pond. Yeah, for sure. And and, and it also it, it's great because the game's been out for for a while now, and just seeing how their their their, their rules in faction have still stayed the same with all the new the new, yeah. the new additions to the cards and stuff like that. Yeah, like the what is this faction is good at, it's still quite clear. That's it's right. just the thing that's changed is like how are they good at that? Yeah. Wide not tall, is that the Yeah, yeah. very very exactly. very cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, we had one good reader question this great. week. Great. Really I cool. Wanted, uh, yeah, that I thought was a very good question. Um so, uh Brett Klein asked us with the ever growing card pool how do I bring more people into the game? Ah. And I think this is kind of the, as far as like growing the game is concerned, I think this is like the single biggest design slash community challenge for living style card games. Sure. Because it gets too big. Yeah. It's, that is not, it's not totally clear. I don't think there's like a clear like, oh, it's a good solution this way. Right. Right. Because um, with randomized card games, uh, like Magic, it's just kind of like, well... You just get a starter set, and then you get some more. What, like, well, or what, you play in a draft. Yeah, whatever starter set is available, go get that, and then yeah. beef it up with whatever cards are currently around. Yeah, this um, is a little bit different because it's like the, buy this like chest full of everything, right? And uh, <laughs> internalize it all somehow. Oh God. Um, 
I mean, so one of the things that FFG has done to address this, but it happens at a very long time scale, is they introduced set rotation. That's right, yeah. So the card pool will always end up being clamped, I think... It's like between 800 and 1,000 cards. Okay. Um, like as that window rolls I'm, through. I'm wondering if that's going to be like, that's all, that, that's not like material. It's not like we can opt into those sets by buying something, right? Like we, we, we'd still have to go hunt data packs and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's still like, still yes. a tricky thing to yeah. do. But it seems like they realized this with Game of Thrones, yes, which was their first ever LCG. Yeah. That like... It, the card pool, like, they never had any rotation or anything. The card pool for that just got huge. And it's like, humongous. it's like, what, 2600 bucks or something? Yeah. If you want so, to. what FG, FFG is doing with Game of Thrones is yeah. like, well, they're just doing a second edition for the game. Yeah. They're, they're just like totally the losses, wiping the slate. The losses. Um, which kind of makes sense. I mean, like, I get if you've been in the game for a super long you time, you probably feel pretty burned. You might be a little bit burned. But sure. you also probably had a shitload of fun with that game the entire time. Yeah. yeah, so you're probably fine. Yeah. And it's like no one stopped. No one's like, it's not like your cards are all getting set on fire, right? <laughs> like this is the one advantage of analog games where it's like, oh, if some digital game you really liked, well, if the servers get turned off or if they put in some new patch, you can't not have that. That's true. But yeah. with an analog, it's like, well, your cards just, are still there. You just, can still just keep playing it. Yeah. Just get your buddies over and yeah. just start up retro um, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So with that whole prelude yep. to actually get someone, new folks into the game. I mean, the one good thing, I think, especially again, I don't play any other LCGs, so I have no idea. Right. But at least for Netrunner, like the core set is still super relevant, super fun, super fun yep. and, and still widely available. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think to get new folks into the game, you still go corset. You still go corset, yep. and you definitely like probably to get someone else in. I would just play corset v corset matches, right? Like, I'm mean, not that anybody would do this, but like a supremely <laughs> dick move would be like, I'm gonna bring my butcher you know, shop, yeah, just, <laughs> July 2015 tournament deck. Oh, you got a corset? Cool, let's go. Yeah. Um, because like a big challenge. I think. I mean, for some people, it's certainly fiscal, but that I mean. There's nothing that the game can do to address that, right? But in terms of, like, play experience, a big challenge to getting into the game is just having to internalize, like, the rules, sure, but you can, you, you can get that. But then the next big step is just, like, internalizing all, like, the big cards, right? You don't need to memorize every single one, but knowing roughly, like, what's the big stuff going to be? What are the archetypes? Mm. All that kind of things. Um, and so starting with a very limited card pool and then just slowly growing it, yeah. I think is definitely the way to go and the way to get new people into the game. Yeah, I think that's really good. I, I also think another thing that is uh, helpful is newer players, like, let them play with your weird decks that you brought if 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 you're if you're the one that buys all the cards and you're the one that has to get more people in the game like bring some interesting weird um deck types and then let everyone play them so that's like whoa where like where where's the set where i can find this card because i yeah. love this deck type and i want to get like oh then you got to pick this up and pick that up and then you can like be more specific on where you drive the purchases from new right. players A right after 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 po folks have kind of been simmering in the core set for Definitely, that i yeah. think that's kind of the next step yeah because when then when new when they're more interested in newer cards all of a sudden all of a sudden they're they're, they're gonna do it all themselves yeah <laughs> just gonna buy everything yeah, like everybody it's like, what's else? on the store i don't know i'll grab this yeah um yeah, and I think also probably the next good step after one of the after the core set, after you, I I still think playing with that for quite a while yes, is, yeah. is really good. Um, but then after that, like whichever kind of faction they're enjoying the most, get the big box for that. Yeah, because right? that also offers a ton of opportunities. All the big big boxes are really good. Yeah, they're really all good. Really they're all great. Yeah, and they're all super focused, right? Because like if someone's kind of new to the game, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, 
Chrome City just came out. Buy that. And they're like, oh, there's only like two Shaper cards in here. I really like Shapers. What? Right. Uh, Definitely. But if if like if someone's really into Shapers and they buy Creation Control, they're going to be like, oh my God, look at all. Yeah, Clone Chip, like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, a good way to keep people like excited about the game. That's right, yeah. The, um, the, and still helping them like grow their understanding of the card pool. Mm-hmm. But in, again, in a, in a focused way versus yeah. just like internalize the entirety of the spin cycle. <laughs> Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's just like a logistical nicest there too, is that the deluxe boxes are, I think they're, they're the idea is that FFG is trying to keep those always in print. Yeah. Versus yeah. the cycles, which like occasionally get reprinted in like this rolling way. Okay. I see. Um, but I think they're trying to keep the, the deluxe boxes always available. I think. Oh, okay. Um, or at least it seems like they're easier to find, like finding a copy of opening moves right now. A, a bit tricky. tricky. A bit tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Finding harder and profit, you're fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so and then then of course the the newer players are like like you're seeing like they have the they they buy the big box. So there's a lot of cards to go through, a lot to take in. Then when they buy the the deluxe boxes, there's they still have the same kind of setup. Like I'm still going through a lot of cards. I'm still still figuring out what right. what all these things do. And when when as like we're saying when we get Chrome City, you're getting like a weird mishmash of all the factions and some yeah. new idea out of somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. Um. And then maybe for one step beyond that is, I know um, Quinns did this in London. He ran a tournament that was exclusively purple, exclusively for people who have never played in a Netrunner tournament before. Oh, that's great. And I think as far as like getting people into the game, that is fantastic, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, whatever. We went into our first Netrunner tournament with a bunch of people who'd been doing it for a while. Yep. We did okay, but we definitely <laughs> got got some beats, yeah. and it was fine. Yeah. But I, I completely, 100% understand how that would not be the best experience for some folks. Sure. Like, I think the actual play experience is totally fine, but psychologically, I get that there's, like, totally a real barrier there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... It only worked, at least for me, because I didn't know what to be anxious about. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> like, knowing what I know now, if I get anything, I'd be like, I don't want to go to a tournament. I'm going to get thrashed. <laughs> um, so if there are, a, so either if there are, or find a way to organize events in your area that are just for people who are really fresh, mm-hmm. I think is also a fantastic way to like keep advancing people in the game. That's true, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah the, I think the tournament scene is only helped like people get into this game. Yeah, like for stick, sure. Stick right into this game for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, that, that was an awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that, great question. That, Thank that, you very much. That Brett. is a really good question. And something that we don't really think about, of course, because we've been here since the core. Exactly. And just buy everything that comes out just yeah. blindly. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty easy. And you've like, I think I started like, I, I got, I think I bought the first core set for myself. And then someone gave me like two Genesis packs as a gift for like Christmas a, so a couple of years ago. And then I've just been on it myself. So catching up now, I think catching up is kind of the wrong word, right? Because I think yeah. to have a lot of fun with this game, you do not need to own every single card That's true, yeah. at all. The problem right? is I think a lot of people that get involved in these kind of games like are perfectionists to a sense. Like I right. need to have everything if I can get everything, yeah. if they're all here. So I think that might be... A difficult challenge for some people. That's <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I think it, just communicating that it's totally fine to just slowly grow both your familiarity and like play experience with the game, and not feel like you have to get everything at once because that is a that is a road to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and that's it. Yep. Uh, thank you very much for, for everybody for listening in. Um, if folks thought this archetype archetypes. Uh, chatter was interesting but wanna like I don't know if people would be interested in like 
us doing a really deep dive like, yeah, on like, like, like one uh, particular archetype per episode. Yeah, that that might be too 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 deep. We don't yeah. we, we don't know. Yeah, but if people if people thought this was interesting but had any other like oh that was cool but I really wanted more depth on blah, definitely let us know. Mm-hmm. Um you can hit us up at terminal seven at idlethumbs.net for email uh, or on at term seven on Twitter. Um, but definitely let us know for sure, because like, we're always trying to, like, obviously we can talk about new cards when they came out and do cool interviews with people, but the other, like other types of episodes and stuff that people want to hear about, it's kind of un- like, we just fire this stuff off on into the void of RSS, P- uh, like MP3 <laughs> upload. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like what people are digging, what people are into is all, it's always good to hear like either way. If you are like, no, oh, it's boring or like, no, this was super rad. Definitely. Let us know. Feedback is great. Yep. Um, and thank you very much to Mr. Gordon McClattery for That's letting right. us use his very hot recording room because it's summer. <laughs> on a Sunday morning. On a Sunday morning. Thank, um, thanks so much, Gord. I will happily sweat in this place for you all. <laughs> That's right. um, but Gord is a, uh, a composer and yep. a sound designer for video games. Um, yep. If you happen to be making a video game and need those services, <laughs> uh, you should definitely hit him up. It's a shell in the pit audio. Uh, and finally, thank you very much to Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his song Tin Soldiers from the Neo Tokyo OST. Uh, it's really great. Yeah, it's a super great soundtrack. Yeah, it's awesome. You should get it at edharrison.bandcamp.com. It's not going to work on cat pee. That should be advertised.